I know none of you have ever done this, but I hate it when God wants me to be the illustration. But I've got two or three things I'm going to tell you about myself tonight that I wish I could tell on you instead of me, but I have to tell it on me. Here's the first one. I know you never do this, but every now and then when I get so stressed out and frustrated, I find myself having an imaginary conversation with an invisible person in my car, and I chew them out. I give them a piece of my mind. I tell them, I let it all out. I mean, I withhold nothing. I tell them everything I want to say. I mean, they're not in the car. There's nobody there but me. They are invisible. It's, an, it's not a real conversation, but I let them have it, buddy. I know you think, oh, we thought you were just a holy man I am but I have my days I tell you I have my days and I know none of you have ever done that before but I'll get in that car and I'll just give them down the road the whole time I'm driving down the road and then I'll start laughing because I realize how ridiculous everything sounds that's coming out of my mouth. And I'm thinking, thank God I didn't say that in person because I don't even believe half of what I just said. It was just in there. It was like I was bleeding all this emotion out. And when I get through, I'm thinking, ooh, I'm glad nobody was in this car because I didn't even believe it as I was saying. It was like it was therapy or something. That lets me know, though, Every time I do that, and it's not very often, and I've never done it to any of you, so you gear off, just breathe, exhale. Every time I do that, I realize that I have some work to do. Every time that happens, I realize that if I don't get a grip on that now, a root of bitterness will grow in me. Bitterness, planning revenge, Hebrews 12 and 14 says, pursue peace with all people and holiness without which no one will see the Lord. Looking carefully, everybody say looking carefully. Lest any fall short of the grace of God, lest any root of bitterness, say root of bitterness. Let any root of bitterness springing up cause trouble and by this what? Many become defiled. Many become defiled because of that. So if I don't deal with this, I'm going to end up hurting a lot of people. Now, I remember many years ago, and this was a long, long time ago, so I just want you to know that because I'm having to confess again. I was driving in my car, and I realized I had a lot of stress on me. And there's no reason going into what it was about because it wasn't about one thing. It was about a lot of things. And I had a lot of stress on me, and I had a car pull out in front of me and slam on their brakes. And I... If those of you who know me, I'm not an angry person. I'm not a mean person. You know, I, I love people. I, I genuinely love people. And I'm an old softy. I got all these little granddaughters kissing on me, and I love it. And, and that's more me. I have a pastor's heart. I'm not a, mean, I'm not a fighter. I mean, I can fight, but I don't like to fight. I'll, I'll fight to defend my family, but I don't like to fight, except in the spirit where I have to. But my nature is basically to love on people and be kind to people and, and encourage people. That's my basic nature. But not this day. That car pulled out in front of me, and I don't know what came over me. I got so angry that I laid in on my horn, and I got as close to that bumper as I could get. And I know you would never do anything like that, but I did. That's a long time ago. And I hit that bumper. The, every, time I'd hit the, every time I'd hit the horn, they'd hit the brakes. 
I, whoever was in there was so mad at me for doing that, and I was just as mad at them, and it was like, where's this coming from? This is not even me. You know, I'm the guy that would get out and fix your flat tire. Where is this coming from? I have some issues that I need to get rid of here. I let it pile up way too long. I hadn't been dealing with my stress. And so I'm acting out that's not even in my nature. And I'm blowing my horn and that person's flipping me off. I can't see who it is, but I see the bird in the back window. I mean, I see it, it's flying all over the place. It's coming out the side door with the left hand, the window's down, and I'm getting flipped off. And every time she flips me off, I didn't know it was a she till later. Every time she flips me off, I hit the horn. It's like flip, burn, flip, burn. And I get closer and she'd hit the brakes. I mean, we were in a, a roar rage, right? One of those car rage things. They always, we, somebody should have made a video. We'd have been on some, some show. Well, finally, I saw an opening, and I was going to get around her. Boy, and I was so mad, and I was, I'd already planned it, and I did it. I laid on my horn and honk all the way around her, and I glanced over at her. She was about the age of my grandmother. <laughs> and I felt so bad. I'm telling you, I carried guilt for months over this. It's the honest truth. I would never do that to a little old lady. She was scared to death. I mean, I had scared that woman to death. She was, she was trying to make me back off, and I wasn't going to, man. I had all this mess in me, and I had to go and repent. And if I had her number, I'd go buy her a car or something. I'd do something to say I'm sorry. But I don't even know how to find her. I just hope the Lord healed her because I scared. Well, she needed to be healed because she wasn't too nice to me either. I want to tell you, she flipped me off more times than I've ever been flipped off by anybody. And I can't even imagine what she was saying in that car. But I'm driving around that, I'm driving around her, and I look, I was so shocked. I looked over and I saw that granny in there, and I thought, what? It was you. For years I felt so bad. But I realized that I had not chosen to not be offended. I had made a decision and I made a wrong one. Because I could have prevented every bit of that. All she did was cut me off in traffic. That's not, a, I think it's not a crime. Should be, but it's not. You can tell I'm over it, right? No, but I, I, I left there and I said, God, I can't live like this. I'm a pastor. And all I wanted, all I could think of is she might show up at my church on Sunday and say, oh, you, I mean, that could have happened. It could have really happened. And that's all I could think of. She might show up and point me on the crowd and say, you, you don't know this guy. Well, in the moment, I didn't know him either because I was acting outside of my nature. And I know none of you have ever done anything like that. <laughs> I just saw a couple of wives punch a couple of husbands, so we're, I'm not even gonna tell you who I'm looking at. I'm telling you guys, that's what happens when you don't deal with your mess. You let it build up and build up, and you never get rid of it, and the next thing you know, it's turned into something else else. And here's the worst part. You forget where it started, so you don't even know how to get rid of it. Because after a while, you just deal with the feeling. I preached a sermon many years ago called, I have a, called Sardine in the Glass. And I talked about people that live their life 
getting used to, no one would ever drink a glass with a sardine in it. But what if you just get used to it? And after a while, it becomes normal. And what happens with a lot of people is those feelings become normal and they never deal with them. They just say, well, that's, my, that's how my people are. That's just how I am. That's my nature. No, it's in your nature because you let it in and you got to get it out. So Joseph could have stayed in offense. Now listen to this. Listen to what Psalm says about Joseph. He sent a man. This is powerful, guys. If you've never read this before, you need to see this. He sent a man before them. This is God chose Joseph to go through this so he could save all of Israel. So God handpicks this boy with the coat of many colors who had the favor of his father. God handpicks him. He sent a man before them, Joseph, who was sold as a slave. Look at the next part of that verse. He was sold as a slave. They hurt his feet with fetters. Don't think he was just in the courtyard serving lemonade. They hurt his feet with fetters, and he was laid in irons and never bitter. Laid in irons, hurt his feet with fetters until the time that his word came to pass. What is his word? The dream that God gave him when he was 17 years old. The dream that God gave him that all of his brothers would be bowing before him and even his mother and father would be bowing before him until the word, put that back up, the, the last part of that verse, until that his word came to pass, the word of the Lord tested him. God picked him, God chose him so that he could set Israel free. He is in a moment of decision I have the power in my hand, this is Joseph, to destroy you right now or heal you. What will I choose? I can destroy you. I can make, I can hurt you more and make you quit believing. I can wound you deeper because you're already wounded. I can overpower you and overwhelm you because you're already afraid or I have the power to heal you. What will I choose? This is where he, this is the place he was in. God sent him to save his family. There is only one person in the world, only one person in the world that can get you out of the will of God, and it's you. Don't blame it on an enemy. No one can get you out of God's will unless you give them that right. No one can take your anointing unless you give it up. No one can take your anointing unless you refuse to cleanse your heart. One of the Greek words in the New Testament is the word, for, for the, for the word um, offense, is the word scandalon. Scandalon is interesting because in the Greek, the word scandalon means bait stick. Now, I don't know if you guys put that picture up there, the bait stick, but there it is. So I want to show you what's going on in this picture. I, I actually saw this on the Discovery Channel many years ago. They was doing this story about monkeys, monkey poaching in Australia. They said they build these flimsy little cages, not strong enough to hold a monkey in, and inside the cage they put a, a, um, a jar and they drop a little apple in the jar or a piece of fruit. And the monkey can easily get his fingers and hands inside this jar but when he puts it around the fruit, it's too big to get it back out of the jar. And that's all they have to do to capture the monkeys. 
Now, they walk up to the monkeys, and this part is sad, and they hit them with a club. The monkey can't run. He can run, but he won't let go. All the monkey has to do is let go. Instead of letting go, that's what, that's what offense means. I just won't let it go. So they kill the monkeys or, or capture the monkeys because of one little, one little small piece of fruit that they will not turn loose of and the cage is not holding them. There are no chains holding them. That monkey holds on to that fruit while they beat it with a club. Can you imagine what would happen if just one monkey would get a revelation, let it go? Can you just imagine? I mean, I could just see it right now. He could write a book on it. All the other monkeys would go to let it go conventions. I mean, before you know it, he'd have a let it go tour, probably even write a song about it, could even make it all the way to Disney. Who knows, you know? Let it go. Can you imagine what would happen if one little monkey, because monkeys were not made to sit there on the ground in a trap, they were made to get in the trees, and if he could let it go, he could go back to the trees where he was, where he was made to be and fly higher, and no one can touch him there, but instead of going to what his, his destiny is, instead of going into what he was created to be, he stays there for one reason, I can't let it go. Thank you so much for supporting our ministry. If this has blessed you, please say a prayer for us. And if you would like to give, we have four ways that you can do that. You can give online at briancutshaw.com or if you're a PayPal user, just PayPal us at Church Trainer. Or you can also give through the mail at P.O. Box 267, Georgetown, Tennessee, 37336. Or if you're a Venmo user, you can Venmo us also at Church Trainer. Thank you, and God bless you, and may the Lord multiply your seed. Now back to Hope in the Word. What would happen if you could just do that? Let it go. Just that. What could happen if you said, you know what, I've, I've had this pain long enough. It's not worth it. He's not worth it, or she's not worth it, or they're not worth it. Or that incident's not worth it, because here's the problem, you forget what you had, you forget your pain. I don't know if I've told this story before on me, but since it's my night to be confessing, now you know a little bit more about me than you probably wish you didn't know. Many years ago, I was in a, in a prayer conference, and Raymond Culpepper was preaching a sermon on the Lord's Prayer, and he just got to that part. Now, I'm being honest with you, I was in a, I was in a circuit, what I mean by that is that he and I were on the same schedule in many camp meetings because I was preaching like seven or eight camp meetings a summer and he was uh, in a position where he always showed up and did one of those sermons or one of those services and he always preached that sermon. So this is my third time hearing it and I'm honestly checked out a little bit because I'm thinking, all right, I know what he's going to say. It was a great sermon. I just heard it twice in the last two weeks and I thought, you know what, I'll... I'll just sit this one out. And so I'm just kind of checked out. And he gets to the part that I've heard him say, Father, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, Brian, you need to do that. And honestly, when the, I knew it was the Lord, but I said, well, 
what kind of trespasses do I have? I couldn't think of anybody I had offended, and I couldn't think of anybody that had offended me. Honestly, I couldn't think of anybody. And the Lord said, I want you to come before me every day, and I want you to ask me to show you who's offended you. And the thing, I want to cleanse your heart because you cannot go to the level that I'm about to take you unless you do this. And I realized that I had sillied out on my anointing until I fixed this in me, until I'd dealt with this inside of me. So I went before the Lord and two weeks went by. He hadn't shown me anything in two weeks, but I, I was faithful to it. Finally, here's on the second week, the Lord showed me something that I got offended at when I was 18 years old and I'd never dealt with it. And it was with a member of my family who stole something from me and took it to a pawn shop and sold it. And I won't tell you who it was, but it was a member of my family, and I was mad at them. And what I'd done is I just quit talking to them. I know you would never do that, but I did it. I just, I thought, oh, I don't need you, and you know what, do you want to steal from me and take that? So I just quit talking to them. That's not the solution. That's not forgiveness. Avoidance is not the same as forgiveness. You're just prolonging your pain and your anointing. And so when the Lord told me about this, I said, I said, what do you want me to do? He said, I want you to write them a check equal to the amount that they stole from you and send it to them. Well, I couldn't wait to write that check. It was a big check. And I wrote that check. I knew what it was a gun. And I knew what that it was an antique gun. And I knew what it was worth. And it was a big number. I wrote that check and I mailed that to them. And I kept waiting on that phone to ring. Nice little heartfelt letter, you know, phone number on there. Never rang. I went to my bank account, and guess what? They'd cashed the check. They got it. Not one word to this day, not one word. They never said, oh, I'm sorry. You know what they did? They cashed the check, and my instinct was, you got me twice, didn't you? And the second one was my fault. And God said, oh, no, no, they didn't get you twice. You got that out of your heart. You need, I, I wanted you to do that, to let it go. And I was able to forgive. I had to write a big check to, some, to a thief to get it out of my spirit. I wish I could tell you that that was it. This journey lasted two years. Two years. I had to write letters and take them to graves. I had to call up people on the phone that I hadn't talked to in years. There was one minister that I had to ask somebody for their phone number. I called them because I hadn't spoken to them in years because I got offended when I was a teenage preacher. I didn't know any of that was there. But the Lord said, if you want me to use you, I want a pure heart. Clean hands and a pure heart, you can go to the hill of the Lord. But you gotta get this out of you. It's affecting you. It's affecting your relationships. It's affecting everything around you. You've got, you cannot live with this any longer. You've got to get this out of you. So when you read the solution for offense, it's forgiveness. That's the simple solution. How do I get rid of my offenses? I have to forgive. Write a letter, make a phone call, take a trip. You know, Pastor B, Dr. B, you, you don't know the people I'm dealing with here. Oh, you don't know the people I was dealing with either. And some of it was nasty. Some of it was not easy. But God required of me. Laying there in fetters wasn't easy either. 
being put in prison for something you didn't do, which is what Joseph did, that wasn't easy either. Those things that came again, that wasn't easy either. But God said, I had to send you in to save a nation. I want to read you a couple, one scripture and tell you one more story, and then we're going to pray. Romans 12. Beloved, do not avenge yourselves, but rather give place to wrath. For it is written, vengeance is mine. I will repay, says the Lord. Therefore, if your enemy is hungry, feed him. Whew, tough to do. If your enemy is hungry, bake them some cookies and take it to them and say, God bless you. That doesn't mean you like them. That just means you're walking in obedience. We're not talking about liking people. No, we're talking about obedience. If your enemy's hungry, feed them. If he's thirsty, give him a drink. In doing so, you heap live coals of fire on their head. Do not overcome, do not be overcome by evil, but be overcome, overcome evil with good. When I was in my early 20s, I was pastoring a small church in Missouri that became the great Twin Rivers Church. But at that time, it was called Webster Groves Church of God. It's a little small church. Probably at that time, we might have been running 75 people, I guess, at that time. And I had a, a leader, I'll just leave it there, in my movement that was extremely insecure and had a bipolar disorder that, you know, because of his position, he didn't have to deal with. He just got to act it out. And I went, he called me to his office one day, and he had one of those bipolar episodes and this guy started railing on me he broke my spirit I'm telling you this man said the meanest things to me and I'm a young minister I mean I'm in my 20s and this guy is mad and dressing me down he barely knew me you think you're this and you think you're that and all this kind of stuff and he broke my spirit and right there in his office I said I'm quitting the ministry if this is ministry I'm quitting it and I'm, I'm, I don't want to have anything else to do with it. And I decided I was leaving it. And I got home and I said to my wife, I'm leaving the ministry. This guy has hurt me so bad. I don't think I can ever get over it. And she said, well, you know, don't make any rash decisions. You know, let's just see if God can handle it. Well, for two years, guys, two years, I let that fester. Root of bitterness grows up. And now I'm offending many. You know what I became? And I don't even like admitting this. I became a gossip. I know gossiping is a sin. It's a sin. It's not acceptable in the, it's an actual sin. You're gonna gossip, might as well go ahead and do it all. Cause it's just as bad. And because the, I became a, I've run this man down. I'm telling you what, I run him down every way I can run. I was one of those guys, I always sang in the choir, always sang on the praise team at all the meetings. Well, I started sitting on the back row, not offending anybody on the back rows, all right? so. I know I'm talking about offending, but that don't mean you're here. But I started sitting in the back row, and I'd do my hands like this and scowl on my face. My wife was up there playing the piano. They'd say, what's wrong with Brian? Oh, I don't know. You need to ask him. And I couldn't wait till they asked me, because when they asked me, I told them. And I run that guy down over and over and over again. So I'm sitting in my study on a Saturday night, and I'm preparing to preach the next morning on Sunday morning at my little church. And... The Holy Spirit walked in my office just so casually 
And I don't know how I know this. It's just I know this is exactly what happened. He started laughing at me, laughing at me. And I knew it. And I was sitting there. I knew it wasn't a devil. I knew it was the Holy Spirit. And he's laughing at me. And finally, I said, why are you laughing at me? He said, because you're going to throw away your whole ministry over that Really? Do you know the plans that God has for you? Do you know what God wants to do in your life? And you're going to throw it all away over that? Over that guy's issue? You don't even like this guy. Why would you throw your whole life away over somebody you don't even like? That that three hours of your life and you're gonna throw away your entire life and ministry? Do you know, I mean, God had already raised me from the dead twice. 17 years old, and when I was born, God had raised me from the dead twice, and I'm throwing all of that away, all the promises, all the anointing, all the visions and dreams, all the, all the sermons I preached because somebody had offended me for about three hours. And I said, oh, Lord. And here, then he said this to me, I'll never forget. See, I, I knew I was in an army but when you're in an army, you don't get to choose your commanding officer. Anybody ever been to boot camp? Uh, that's, that's to make you stronger, right? This, you're gonna get guys yelling at you, screaming at you. When you're in an army, you don't always get to choose your command. They don't have to make you feel better. They're not there to, to tell you how good you are. They're there to make you tough. And the Lord said, how dare you? He said, if you cannot respect those that I've placed over you, the authority, this is, this is exact, exact words. If you cannot respect the authority of those that I've placed over you, neither will others respect the authority that I've placed in you. And when he told me that, I thought about my authority and something broke my heart. I thought, what if my wife quits believing in me? And listen, she had already been living with a bitter man for two years. I'd already changed when she married me, I was one of the funniest guys on the planet. She'll tell you that. She'll tell you that the thing she loved about me is I was always, I was a party waiting to happen all the time. And she loved that, but that's not the guy she was living with. She was living with an angry man, depressed man. She was not married, she was not married to the guy she married. She was married to somebody who was angry and mad. And all I could think of is, my wife's gonna quit believing in me. And then I thought about my little girls. And I thought, oh, what if they quit believing me? You're telling me that if I don't submit to the authorities that you've placed over me, they're not going to respect any authorities in my life? The Lord said, why should they? Why should they respect your anger? Why should they res respect all your temper tantrums? Why should they respect the fact that you don't respect anybody else? Why should they respect the fact that you are a gossip? Why should they respect you? Boy, when he told me that, I said, okay, God, this is too high of a price for this anger. What? I don't want to lose my family. I don't want to lose my life. I don't want to lose my ministry over, over my attitude because I can't heal. What do I need to do to change this? And here's what he said. Go before him and apologize. So I said, okay, I'm going to do it. I made an appointment with this guy. I never, I didn't like this guy. I still didn't, I still don't like him. You don't have to like him. That's not what this is about. You don't have to like people to forgive them. Like means we are alike. Now, I like Gabe because he and I are alike. He's much cooler than me, but we're alike. So I like Gabe. 
but I don't have to like everybody because we're not alike. So I went to this guy's office and I was gonna do this right. I was so scared at that moment, I was gonna do it right. I got on my knees. I literally got on my knees and I said, I confessed it all. I said, I have talked about you like you were a dog. I said, I have gossiped. I have sinned against you. You are my, you are my, my leader and I've sinned against you. I'm sorry for this. And I don't know what I expected him to do. Pour oil over my head, you know, get out the horn of oil, you know, get slain the spirit. I don't know what I expected, but I didn't expect what happened. He walked over to me and like a little kid, he started messing up my hair just like that. <laughs> don't mess with the do, man. I mean, there's a limit to everything, right? He is doing this on my head. And all he said was, I knew you'd come around. That's all he said. And I'm being honest, you might not want to know this about me, but I was in my 20s. I balled up my fist on the floor, and I, got, I had a rage run through me. I was so mad, and I was ready to knock him out, and he was little as a pea, and I was bigger than him, and I was ready to stuff him in my pocket. I'm telling you, I was all ready, and the Holy Spirit said, we going to do this again? You've been waiting two years for this moment. You gonna do really? You gonna you gonna do that? You gonna carry this offense again? You really gonna do this? And I said, No, I came here to heal it. I came here to undo it. I can't make it worse. And I and I got up and the Holy Spirit said, Then tell him you're gonna cut his grass all summer. What? I said, uh, Yes, sir, you're right. I come around. I said, and the Lord has told me to serve you. Now, I never liked the guy, I'm being honest with you, but every time I was in his presence, I opened his door, I never disrespected him, I carried his briefcase, and all my friends are going, oh, we know what you're doing over there, you know? You know, you're sucking up. All, they call me all kinds of names because I served him as well as I've ever served anybody in my life. I served him. He went on trips. I would go with him, stay in the room with him, take care of him like an armor bearer. Never liked him. I was doing it as unto the Lord. He wasn't very likable. And that wasn't the last time he went off on me. But that wasn't what it was about with me. It was about me standing the test. My feet were in the fetters. But God said, if you stand the test, I'll promote you. And I got out there and he only had a push mower. Ooh, that was even worse. Because he had a big yard and a push mower. And I'd crank that thing, and in that hot Missouri weather, I'd go out there, and I'd say, Lord, I forgive him, I forgive him, I forgive him, I forgive him, I forgive him. The first day, I didn't mean a word of it. Second day, I was feeling a little bit better. By the end of the summer, I really had forgiven him. And I wanna, I'm not kidding you. When I truly got that out of my heart, something happened in my ministry that went sky high. Our church went from 75 to one of the largest we were the largest Pentecostal church in all of St. Louis Metro by the time I left there. The largest one in the whole city. None of that would have happened, guys, if I hadn't have cleansed my heart. If I hadn't have pushed that lawnmower that summer, you wouldn't even know my name. I wouldn't be here. There would be no ISO. There would be none of this ministry, and I wouldn't be getting us ready for revival. None of that would happen. I had to get rid of my offenses before God could use me. This program is brought to you by the partners of Brian Cutshaw and Church Trainer Ministries. 
Please help us pray that the Lord will continue to send us more partners so we can expand His kingdom around the world.